Good evening, and I'm Robert Edward Booth, and uh, it's Saturday, July 1st, 2023, and I'm here to talk to you about Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, even though when I did my research, it became a, it became a research project in depth for me because well I had some past life regression go on in my life and nowadays they study past life regression well my regression issues came from uh, reincarnation and, and the lifetime that others have affirmed ingredients or factors that contribute to the fact that I may well have been Jesus when he was here, you know, 2,000 years ago, except for reincarnated now, you know, reincarnated and, and not really him, you know, a lot of time, a lot of times in the studies that I did, I find Jesus will say things like, I am him and he is me, yet is not, yet is. And and that's only so confounded when you look into all the things that can contribute to that mystical, mystical comment about how Jesus was the God that created everything that you and me know about, except he wasn't. He is him, but he is not him, but he is. And and that's a lot to do with the conventional Christianity that believes Jesus is God. Of course, the the comment that he was making in his walk on this planet, the Messiah, he says, I am him, yet I am not him, yet I am. Well, in my in-depth study, I I have psychic experiences. I, I don't proclaim myself a psychic. I'm a mystic. I'm a mystic. I've had experiences that that I know the divine spirit is real. And I do things, practices and studies that would benefit humanity and their relationship with that divine spirit. So I'm I'm a, a bona fide mystic. So in my studies, I find shaman principles and shamanism was, you know, it's, it's a spiritual practice that healers practice shamanism and shaman healers and, and they do interdimensional healings where there's realm, you know, realm activity, spirit realm, and then how that affects the flesh. And well, when I looked at the Bible's input, and that's where you'll probably want to bicker with me, and it's really 
hands down argument if you'll do the work. If you'll do the work, you will find that I'm correct. That you're really in sound judgment, you know, in, in what Bible you have, it obviously has good principles and and wisdom and things that you can benefit from knowing. That's not a problem. I, I don't argue that at all. But in that type of a development of a system where the Roman Catholics developed the church system, the, the, what they used and, and, and the factualization by the time you get to where we are now in today's world, you don't really have early Christianity. You really have a manufactured Christianity that the Romans handled. And that's to be brief. So I won't put you in the age-old believe on these words speech, but I will talk to you about judgment. Listen to me. Judgment over sacrifice. That's the principle that's on my mind when I think about my relationship with Jesus Christ. My king, he's my king. You know, I spend uh, a good amount of time since my ancestors, and, and most of our ancestors come from Europe, the people that are here in America. I mean, there's blacks that have been brought in and things and, and other, you know, Spanish people and things, but that's still Europe, the, the Spanish so, <coughs> so a lot, a lot of America's people are European. So, since I found so many of mine royalty, I mean, royalty has more ability to find records on past generations. So, when I started looking mine up, then you know, and I found like twenty-five, maybe twenty-eight or so kings. I really haven't stopped and took all those genealogy charts out and looked at, but you know, somewhere between twenty-five, eight, nine, something like that, are going to be my grandfathers in the distant form. You know, grandfather times ten, twenty-two. You know, but I found so many kings that I watch shows that. You know, I can watch King Richard Lionheart, you know, do the Crusades. One one of my, you know, grandfather realm kings, King Edward I, was grandfather or something to King Richard, you know. So that type of relationship, I, I have a relative that is doing the Crusades, getting the kingdom of heaven going on like his father, King Henry, had the kingdom of heaven that he reigned over, you know, battling Saladin down, you know, the Islamics in the Holy Land. So when I watch the 13th century stuff, the medieval shows, you know, Vikings even, like Borg, what's his name if you watch Vikings, uh, Jarl Borg, and, and Jarls are like earls and they're chieftains. You know, you have a king of an area, then you have Jarls or, or earls, they are chieftains of their community or tribe so Jarl Borg it, Borg becomes Booth in the eventual as that name evolves Borg turns into Booth uh, so and and Burke they have Burks are big out of the Swedish king vicinity B-E-R-K Burke also like Borg evolves into Booth so Everyhow, all that technically works out. I watch those shows and I can watch 
people that are attached to me now that I'm able to find that many records. So in judgment over sacrifice, which is a principle in our Bible, I look at the principles of these kingdoms, these kingdoms now that that I'm watching, you know, it's, it's different now. We got presidents and and we got, you know, centralized governments and, and, and you know, a lot of democracy around the world even, or, or likenesses, you know, parliament systems and things like that. You, you don't really have your king and your and your squire and your and your and your page, you know, and your noblemen, you know, and your tribals, just ordinary, you know, blacksmith over here, farmers over there. But I see that and I and I watch these nobles serve alongside their king in the communities when they're making regulation, you know, and things as as the nobility of the kingdom there and then i watched them you know how they uh, honor the king and how they have a kingdom set up and an order you see an order to it today's world doesn't have that so when i look now i have a message i'm not just rambling when i look at my relationship with my king even though we're not under we're not under kingdoms nowadays you know, biblically, that goes back to where the people didn't like being under kings and judges. So we don't have kings and judges anymore. That's the story behind it. So, but anyway, so my king had a kingdom. So when I look at the subverted, subverted, you know how you subvert a plan or something is subverted. The Romans subverted that situation and made a church system that suited Romans. So I have to look at that with judgment. Listen now, judgment over sacrifice. I would be sacrificed in increments of respect towards my king just to accept that the Romans are giving me everything about it. But in judgment over sacrifice, I research and what all I can find, I can take into proper perspective that this was found under these circumstances. These people kept this and this was reported like this. But just I always in judgment over sacrifice, which God prefers judgment over sacrifice in your Bible principally. I'm measuring with sound judgment and not just sacrificing that I'm giving it over to the, oh yeah, Rome told me the truth. No, they told me what Romans will tell you about that tight situation. And yes, you can find very wise and, and very, you know, probably completely legitimate things that Jesus did do and say. But I'm not willing to in sacrifice, say that I know that's all 100% true. I can't do that in sound judgment. So that's important about my message. But, but when I look at my relationship, there's a king and a kingdom, much like these nobles that I watch on these, you know, medieval shows where kings and nobles go. Uh, 
questing together or, you know, to war together or, or run the kingdom together. You know, I, I watched, you know, the respect and some of the spats and things that go on. And, and I know that Jesus is my king. So what would Jesus have me do for his kingdom about the situation with Rome having God's word? They're calling it God's word. Everybody does. That's a paradigm. You know, a paradigm like putting the word though in a sentence right there is okay. Everybody accepts it if you do that, but it's not really cold, hard fact, but it's fine if you use though in a sentence right there. I looked the definition up. So, so something like that is socially acceptable when you put it right there. So when you say God's word, socially acceptable that we mean the Bible, that's a paradigm. But in judgment over sacrifice, looking at this kingdom, you know, that you can do a scenario or, uh, of how uh, Jesus had a kingdom. And this kingdom has me a representative. In judgment over sacrifice, I don't tell you that I know that's God's word. I tell you it's a paradigm. It's good and it's useful. That's not a lie, but I won't just browbeat it into you that that's God's word. That's a paradigm when you do that. So to actually serve Jesus and his kingdom, like these movies that I watch where he's got a kingdom, what sound judgment over sacrifice should I have when it comes down to this Roman subverted Christianity? Yeah, Roman subverted Christianity. I don't have to explain to you about Bible, uh, what do you call it, book burning, the book burnings that went on and the, the heretics that brought controversial or disputable situations on the table about the, the system that would conflict the system that the Romans were developing. Yeah, so they burnt people in books. Well, without talking about all that, you can look all that up and do respect judgment over sacrifice. Do you expect me to march around, tell people this is God's word in respect to a kingdom? If I don't, listen to me now, if I don't know that that is identical, the, the word of God and that Romans have not subverted it, which there's evidence that quite a good bit has been altered and curved the direction it would take to serve their system, but lots of things left out, not talked about, burnt books and all. And, and you can dig up some of that stuff that completely uh, conflicts with what they sold you in deception. See, Jesus said quite often, quite often, uh, these people that I've healed, quite often, these people that I've healed will become sick again. And, and they've got somewhere in these Gnostics and libraries of stuff they've got on what other stuff Jesus said. And, and, and they said usually about two or three days, two or three days most commonly, if I'm correct, in, in all those papers and stuff, I'd have to find it. It's something difficult. Two or three days, they become sick again. Now, they didn't put that in your, in your Bible, that the healings that Jesus did... He had commented quite often, 
quite often these healings that I do, the, the, the people become sick again. Yeah. Now, they didn't print that. How much does that harm the kingdom of my king when I look at the scenario when I compare that to these medieval kingdoms and the honor and respect and the order of it? And I say, what should I do as a, as a member of this kingdom? What if there's curves in there that mess people up? What if there's what if there's revelational curves that you know people are under this fear that they'll go to hell if they're the one that causes it? What if there's what if there's you know what if there's techniques and ancient magic that these constructors of this Bible have used? What if that's going on and and what judgment over sacrifice can I execute when I look at it? You know what I'm saying when I give it to you. Be careful with that, you know. Be careful with that. You, you don't know how the setup coming from them. Do you know it? Like in there, he talks about at least as far as one of the sound principles, Jesus said, you know, don't say you know what you do not know. Talking to the vipers he compared them to down at the down at the temple, you know. Uh, you're the ones that, that are uh, walking in condemnation. You, you say you know, but you do not know. Well, same way when when you look at Roman subverted Christianity. Um, the evidence has that you're really not looking at early Christianity. You're looking at the aftermath of any subversion measure, subversive measures that these people that burnt books and people during the setup of this system and, and, and to be honorable in judgment over sacrifice, I, I, I handle it in a legitimate manner with sound judgment. I don't, I don't come at you corralling you with the same fear down to the church where Thomas Jefferson said it's priestcraft. And, and fear is a big element they use in the elemental magic. You can look up elemental magic and, and alchemy and, and how those elements mix and make something happen. And, and you say, they've got fear and they've got love and motivational inspiring energies that they strap to that and say, you know, this is God's word. You can't legitimately do that if you do the work it takes to find out what that is. So my ministry, I'm a Gnostic minister. I try to find out true knowledge. I mean, I can tell you about the stuff I've read from from uh, Gnostic teachings, but I don't know if that's true. So it's kind of a I don't know ministry, right? I can't tell you what happened back then. I can tell you what to watch out for as far as what I've found that doesn't agree. And you're kind of in between as a human being. So I look at that relationship with this king that said, you know, quite often these people that I've healed will become sick again. He also says, you know, I don't have to die for you. God already loves you, for God already loves you. That's found somewhere between his private followers. Is what I don't have to die for you, for God already loves you. Well, between that and these people becoming sick again that I've healed, that's a big deception going on when you look at, 
you know, the Bible's got you going to hell if you don't accept Jesus. That ain't what he said there if you look at... Now, they'll say, oh, that ain't true. He never said that. Well, it's located. It's located, okay? So, which side of that you believe? I mean, you've got the Roman Catholics that are guilty. Uh, they proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Constantine donation to the Catholic Church was forged. That they're dishonorable enough in character to forge royal documents for the power of the Catholic Church. Yeah. And, and you know, there's there's the book of Mark, the whole 12 or 14 verses at the end weren't even in there. They penciled the whole 12 or 14 end verses to the book of Mark. Penciled it in. Yeah, wasn't even in there. So, by the time I decide what I believe, looking at those facts and judgment over sacrifice, I know that I can legitimately say I don't believe the Romans because of the 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 dishonorable character they showed when they forged their emperor's document and by putting penciled in stuff in the Bible they are handling me. I already can tell you I'm as apt my grandfather used to turn I'm about as apt to believe the one that says that he don't have to die for me for God already loves you you know what I'm saying the one that says that these people become sick again in two or three days as fast as I would ever believe the Roman Catholics who burnt people alive in books and, and turned around and, and forged 14 uh, verses of the Bible and turned around and forged documents by their emperor to have the power the church does have. And, you know, he might have said, you know, two or three days later, these people come sick again. He might have said that. Don't serve a church system very good, does it? So when he returns, are you going to expect this Messiah that can heal everything and no, no problem, hands down, you know what I'm saying? Or are you going to expect a Messiah that has people getting sick two or three days after he's healed them? What if Jesus shows up and he's this guy that's healing people, making efforts, and half of them is falling sick in two or three days? But you know the Bible's true. Well... You might as well forget Jesus. You might as well just go and say, this guy's no Messiah. This guy's not Jesus. The people he's healing are getting sick again. Yeah. You're no Messiah. You're not my Jesus Christ. Jesus would have healed him. He would have never got sick again. That's what you know. That's a false teaching. If I can find it documented that he said in two or three days, a lot of these people get sick again then what sound judgment over sacrifice are you having supporting his kingdom going to set up people that won't believe in him if he heals you and you get sick in two or three days? You know what the reputation will be? That guy was a charlatan. He was saying he could do things that he can't do. He's not Jesus. He done told you it was Jesus. Ha, you fell sick again in two or three days. You already know the truth. The truth is, if Jesus healed you, you'd be walking on water and everything else. You know what I mean? Jesus could make everything happen. He was God. Well, that goes back to I am him, yet I am not him, yet I am him.
You know what I'm saying? That shaman principle I was talking about. You have a higher self. You know where it says in the Bible, higher celestial self and a terrestrial self that is earthly and a higher celestial self that is heavenly. You have a higher self and I believe you have a lower self like the Mayan people that believe that there's a lower side to these gods. The gods not only have their higher godly side, but they have a lower dimension of themselves that is here on the earth according to the Mayans mining from inside the earth. They have holes going down earth. I don't know that, but that's the report. So I believe in the shaman principles that you have a higher self and you have a lower self that compares to the biblical, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but even in the hands of the people that subverted it, you can still find, it's like a fiction book that you find some truth in it. You find subverted material, but you find some truth in the subverted material. So, you don't want to have it set up where you don't really know Jesus when he comes back. So far, you've got healings, but you don't have any failures. You've got, you've got God, but you don't have him saying, but I am not. You know what I'm saying? You've got everybody hooting that Jesus was God. But you don't have those factors that help you know your king if he was to appear today for you. So how do I serve the king? By blinding the people that he's going to return to and say, now, pick out your king. He's the guy that never fails healing people. He's God. Well, you forgot about the am not yet am and all that. And the two or three days later getting sick, all that. So would you be able to pick Jesus out of a crowd? No. You'd be contributing to what? Deception. Deception is a key contributor in destruction. If you deceive me in this house, there will be hell to pay around here. If we're husband and wife, father and child, you deceive me in this house, we're going to have hell to pay. Be lucky if it don't destroy our relationship and our household before it's over. We might get through it. But it's a key element in destruction. And I don't serve destruction. I serve light. Life. I don't serve destruction and darkness and death and disease. I serve light and life and hope and good fruits. The goodness in God. God is great and terrible. A divine spirit. Like a magnet in comparison. They got all this electromagnetic energy and all. I don't doubt for a second in quantum theory that there is a personality to the divine energy that we call God. The monad to the Gnostic. The monad to the Gnostic. Supreme over the God of the Christian church which is the supreme of all the gods, according to the best I can find. But the monad is above Jehovah Adonai of the Christian church, even though he's the most sovereign earth god that I know of. So, you know, when I do judgment over sacrifice, which is completely sound in principle, I give just consideration to the facts involved and I try to display it properly so that when our king comes, we will know him and not be deceived contributing to destruction. 
So I hope you'll follow me and I hope you'll listen to me every Saturday because I love to bring light to this situation because I do an honest man's disposition. I do a servant of light and I do Gnostic ministries for you every Saturday. Please bless you, bless your family, bless your kindred. May you have hope. May you maintain dignity. And may you always keep integrity for the kingdom. The kingdom that our king bled for. And that Calvary brings hope into your life anytime you have doubt because that blood that was shed was for you and me even if we face the most dire circumstances. So I want to bless you and your family through whatever you're going through. Good times or bad, wish you the best. Wish you strength, integrity, and virtue in everything you do for the sake of that kingdom that our king bled so that we would always have hope and power. Power. Because I've done my homework. There's enough power. There's more power than you could ever imagine in God who is great and terrible. That monad, that divine, over top of the God of the Christian church. Now, I've spoke about the subversion. I won't take you into the evil demiurge and all that. But look, there's a lot to be enlightened to. Seek light. Serve the light. Now, I won't deceive you. I'll I'll always challenge you. Look up what I tell you. Have a good evening. I hope you get a good night's rest. And be blessed. See you later.